Chapter 2 Mom died a little less than a year ago. She had a severe heart attack while sitting at her desk in a lonely office building. There were no signs or warnings, and her doctor told us later that sometimes these things happen, as if that was supposed to make us feel better. Our family was absolutely devastated, with my little sister taking it the hardest. Lucy is eight years old, and I can't imagine what type of trauma losing a parent does to a child her age. I've always been close to her, but she's grown cold since mom passed. Colder still, since she experienced the nightmare no child should ever experience, not long after we buried mom. She was never a daddy's girl before, but that's all changed. My dad has started working from home, and she is homeschooled as she has crippling panic attacks if she is away from him for too long. My counselor said it's an extreme form of separation anxiety and PTSD. I can't blame her, but it absolutely breaks my heart to see her that way. After mom died, I was worried that dad would resort to unhealthy ways of managing his grief. I even toyed with the idea of moving back home for a bit to help keep an eye on him. But I had just renewed my apartment lease and didn't want to put my roommate up shit creek without a paddle. My dad's brother is an alcoholic and a religious nut, and their late father was a womanizing sex addict. But dad didn't turn to any of the chemical or hormonal devices that so often grab hold of men in grief. There was the bit with his brother, but nobody could have known that would happen. I'm still wrestling with whether I should even write it down. Not yet. Overall, I was proud to see my dad take what I believed to be the higher road. Oh, how wrong I was. Now, as I mentioned before, his church attendance has always been stellar. But after Mom died, he actually began participating. He dusted off his old Bible and began lugging it to church with him. He volunteered at his church's soup kitchen, and even donated all of Mom's old jewelry to a local women's shelter. He would share Bible verses and Christian music with me through daily texts. Whenever I came over for dinner, which was usually twice a week since Mom died, he would make us all hold hands and pray before picking up our utensils. His faith even seemed to grow stronger after the ordeal with Lucy and his brother. Around this time, one of his neighbors invited him to watch a local church's upcoming revival meetings, which were going to be streamed online because of the pandemic. Say what you will about my dad, but he is loyal to a fault, and felt that what some call church hopping, even if it was just online, was akin to cheating. He told me he'd turned down his neighbor's offer, but then the next day he received a flyer in the mail. It was an open invitation to watch said church revival, and my dad took it as a sign from God. Call it a lack of faith, but I just thought it was coincidence. I've since come to refer to it as fate. He sent me a picture of the flyer, and I thought it was a bit sensational with a typical Christian end-time imagery. The faces of world leaders were depicted in front of a background that consisted of what looked like acid rain, a nuclear mushroom cloud, and men in hazmat suits. Emblazoned across the top were the words, 
God's Spirit is being poured out now. Come join us and be prepared for last day events. The church was called Slain Lamb Ministries, which I found to be just a bit morbid for my liking. I realize that many Christians and seekers eat this kind of stuff up, especially during these perilous times, but I don't think fear is a good motivator. My type of religion tends to focus more on God's love and forgiveness, but to each their own. My dad asked if I'd like to come watch with him and Lucy, but I politely declined. I can't even remember what excuse I gave him, but he seemed satisfied and didn't push it any further. My concerns began about a week into the revival series. They were having meetings four nights a week, and my dad had watched each one. My sister then called me, which was a surprise in and of itself. As I mentioned before, after mom died, my sister closed herself off to pretty much everyone but dad. It was about 7.30 in the evening, and I was washing dishes in the kitchen when my cell phone rang. Hey, Lucy. What's up? I'm scared, Billy. Her voice was quivering. I instantly knew something was wrong because she used my name. Ever since she learned to talk, she'd been calling me Big, which I can only assume was short for Big Brother. I've never actually asked her. What are you scared of? I asked. I don't like the loud talking man from those church videos. He stands and yells from his Bible, she said. Oh, he must be the preacher. How does Dad feel about him? Daddy made fun of me for being scared. He said that I'm always safe with him. This last comment made my blood boil. That was the last thing he should be telling her after what happened with his brother. Can you put Dad on the phone? I asked, thinking this whole thing was probably a simple misunderstanding but also wanting to chew my dad out. No, please don't tell daddy. I... I feel better now. I just wanted to talk to you. I furled my eyebrows, trying to make sense of the conversation. Imagining that my dad was forcing her to watch a fire and brimstone preacher, I rolled my eyes and cracked my knuckles. Lucy, why don't you want me to say anything to dad? Because it's almost my bedtime, and I shouldn't be on the phone. I love you, Big. Good night. And she hung up. I walked into my bedroom, the partially cleaned dishes forgotten about in the sink. Closing my door, I sat down on the edge of my bed and put my hands over my face. It was my thinking position. I've lost count of the time someone has come up to me and asked whether I was all right while in that position. Thinking comes easier when my eyes are closed. I can focus more on my thoughts without the stimulation of sight. Putting my hands over my face just sort of helps to ground me further. When was the last time that Lucy had told me she loved me? When was the last time she called me by my name? Why did she seem so frightened? And why... Had she felt like she couldn't go to Dad with her concerns and fears on this issue? My mind was flooded with thoughts, and a sense of unease settled across me like a cowl, clouding my reasoning capacities and causing me to jump to wild conclusions. Was my dad slowly unraveling mentally? Had he 
unknowingly gotten involved with some cult leader or religious charlatan that was out for impure motives? Would my sister even be able to process these new fears of hers? I opened my eyes and stood to my feet, allowing my hands to drop to my waist. I had to get out of those negative thoughts or they'd bring on a panic attack. I'd taken numerous steps over the past couple of years to get a hold on my mental state. Because of my natural inclination to focus on the negative and worry about the worst possible outcomes to any given event, my life had been plagued with panic, anxiety, and depression. Mindfulness meditation, daily nature walks, medication, and counseling brought a marked improvement to my struggles. That is, until the coronavirus pandemic hit. For those of you that have been living under a rock, or completely off the grid, the world has been experiencing a pandemic. I hadn't worried much about it when I heard the reports coming out of China in late December of 2019. By the time March had come, the world, and my view of the virus, had changed completely. Hospitals had been overloaded. Countries had been essentially shut down. The rate of spread had grown to terrifying rates, and fear was at a fever pitch. The constant news cycle, whether on TV or social media, was like an overwhelming assault on the battlefield of my mind. I couldn't stay focused during my meditation. I was scared to go outside, and my counselor seemed like he was struggling too much with his own stuff to really give attention to mine. My medication seemed like it was the only thing keeping me sane. Anyway, this was the reason I forced myself to stop thinking of the worst concerning the situation with my dad and sister. I was susceptible and weak. Allowing fear to consume me was not something I could afford to do. Little did I know, things were about to get much worse.